Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon and welcome, friends, wherever you are in the world today. This is Bit Friends. I am your host, Valerie Molyneux, the president and founder of Bit Friends. We are a vitiligo support group supporting individuals, family members, and friends of, of folks with vitiligo. And we're honored today to have a very special guest with us today. His name is Dr. Richard Huggins, and he will share a little with us. But again, wherever you are in the world, happy, happy Easter season for those of you who celebrate. If you don't, it's fine anyway. It's a wonderful, beautiful, sunny where I am, beautiful Sunday afternoon. It's about uh, 3 o'clock in the afternoon here in Boston, and uh, Dr. Higgins will join us. He's coming in from Michigan. He'll tell us what the weather's like. But regardless, today is Easter, and for those of us who celebrate, you know, it's all about love. Uh, for those of us who know the word, and rely and live by the word, John 3.16, the basic scripture that we all know, says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, his only gift, his, the best gift that he could give was his son who came, lived, and died. And Matthew chapter 28, a uh, couple of verses down, 5, 6, 7, says that when Mary Mary got to the tomb, uh, looking for him. They were afraid, and verse 5 says the air, there was an angel there who said, Do not be afraid, for I know that you're looking for Jesus, who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen. And so we're honored today to celebrate this day that God has done this marvelous thing for us, sending Jesus. And as we move in today, we're honored again to have Dr. Huggins, Hello, Dr. Huggins, and welcome. Say hello to our friends across the globe. Hi, Valerie. Uh, happy Easter to you, and happy Easter to everyone listening to the show. And thank you again for inviting me on the show. Um, I definitely feel blessed, and um, I definitely feel fortunate and honored to, to be a part of your show and uh, be a part of the Vit Friends movement. Yes. Well, it is my privilege and honor to have you on today. I've heard and learned a little from you, about you, sorry, from Dr. Vanita, who is uh, a medical advisor to our group, and she has um, gone to a conference or something and met you and came back and told me all about you. So it's a privilege and an honor to to have you um come on and investigate and find out who we are, and here you are today joining in with us. And like I was saying to you a minute ago when I greeted you, you shared a powerful announcement with me today, so why don't you go ahead and blast that right now? I'd be glad to do that. I guess um, just to to, to uh, give people a little bit more information about my, my background, um, I am a dermatologist at Henry Ford Hospital, um, and vitiligo has been a passion of mine for six, seven years now, um, and I'm the leader of uh, our own vitiligo support group here in Detroit, Michigan. That's the Southeast Michigan Vitiligo Support Group. Um, and as part of growing our support group, I'm trying to learn from some of the other support groups that are out there, including yours, 
and um, yeah. I'm very excited about being able to join you and your group for the uh, Vitiligo conference that you're having in July. So I'll be Yay. there for the for the entire conference. Um, oh, I'll be there for I should be there for the walkathon following the conference, and I'm um, I'm I'm just I'm excited. I can't wait. I am so excited about you know coming in and turning on my computer and up popped your message. So I'm excited about this news. And for those of you out there listening, get ready. We're going to have some mail in the house and Dr. Higgins, and hopefully he'll bring some friends from Michigan. But this was great news, and I wanted to put that out there right now. So let's jump on in. You said you're in the field of dermatology. Why this field? How did you get, what was your interest? that led you into dermatology, and your passion for vitiligo? So um, it, was a, it was a process. You know, it's all been a process. I definitely wasn't born feeling that I wanted to be a, a dermatologist. But mm-hmm. I've, always liked, I've always liked science and biology. I've always really liked sitting down and talking to people face-to-face. And medicine in general, I just felt like was a good way to combine those two passions. Um, so that that's what got me to medical school. And then as I was in medical school, you know, I thought about um, how I could help people, and I definitely gained a further appreciation for the skin and just how important it is in determining how we feel about ourselves and how others perceive us. So I thought that being a dermatologist, I could really make a difference in people's lives by improving their skin and improving their self-esteem and, and improving uh, improving their perception uh, with others. So prior to medical school and going into this field, did you know anything of, of, of vitiligo? Do you know of any, did you know anyone with vitiligo at all? Um, prior to medical school, uh, I can't mm-hmm. say that I um, was conscious of people around mm-hmm. me having vitiligo. You know, I'm sure that I saw a bunch of people with white patches mm-hmm. and, you know, maybe thought they were scars or burns or, you know, or, or whatever. Um, but when, once you become familiar with the thing, then, you know, you, it's much easier for you to recognize it. And uh, and vitiligo is so common, you know, they say between 1% and 2% of the world population, which is over 100 yeah. million people in the world that are affected by vitiligo, but uh, you know, it, it, the awareness needs to be spread so that more and more people know how how common that it, that is, and and people know what they're looking at, and so that we can uh, get some more research into further treatments and understanding of the of the condition. Research, you're in the research. field. What are you hearing about research? Um, so. There are a lot of things about research and vitiligo nowadays that are really exciting uh, to me. So um, the the meeting that I uh, just went to, that Dr. Vanetta was at, and, and we spoke uh, in Florida and Miami. Yes. So this is the American Academy of Dermatology's annual meeting, and um, mm-hmm. the, almost, most of the dermatologists in the entire world uh, come to this meeting, um, particularly wow. – Particularly, the world leaders in vitiligo uh, flocked to meetings like this. And uh, earlier this month, we had the meeting, and there was a whole day where we did nothing but talk about vitiligo, vitiligo research, vitiligo treatment. Um, and I'm really excited about the future of vitiligo because there was just such a spirit of collaboration in that day. Uh, people from all over the world just just talking about ways that we can work together. 
um, mm-hmm. to you know to to accomplish more um, in terms of in terms of vitiligo. And uh, one big thing is the leaders of vitiligo in the world really appreciate support groups, and they really mm-hmm. appreciate you know the, really? the role right really because um you know for money to be invested in vitiligo. Uh, the the world has to realize that it's a serious condition. Insurance companies have to. It is. It is. And insurance companies need to realize that it's not just a cosmetic condition. That it's a condition exactly. that seriously affects people's lives. Exactly. And, uh, you know. You know. And there's only so much that you know we can do. And from the research end, from the doctors end, um, a lot of that uh, perception of how serious the disease is and how much interest there is for research has to come from patients and support groups are a huge part of that and, and that is being acknowledged by the world leaders in Vitiligo. Now, what are you finding where you are? What, what is, is, is there a, a few patients, one or two? What do you, What is your patients, what, do you, what are you seeing in your practice as far as people, new people coming in being diagnosed? Um, we we see... We see a lot of a lot of patients with vitiligo. Um, the head of our department, Dr. Henry Lim, Dr. Mzavi is the is the one of the heads of clinical research in our department. Speak all over the world. They're they're known all over the world as being interested in vitiligo. So people come to see us from all over the country, definitely all over the Midwest, frequently mm-hmm. to uh, to uh, talk to us about vitiligo treatment. So. You know, just in my regular general clinic, I see a lot of vitiligo patients, and then we have days uh, dedicated to nothing, seeing nothing but vitiligo patients. So we see so a lot. Say, would you say then that vitiligo is on the rise? Um, I I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, there's there's nothing that I've seen that you know would suggest a rise of vitiligo. I do mm-hmm. think though that that you know support groups and, and people like Lee Thomas speaking about about vitiligo and researchers and Michael Jackson's passing are mm-hmm. are raising awareness of vitiligo to the point where people are, are starting to starting to see how common it really is. Yes. Yeah. You you talked about your support group there in Michigan. How is that going, and what, what what's your numbers like? People are coming out. We have a problem here in Boston where I've encountered men on the streets and encouraged them, give them a business card, give them a flyer, and they want nothing to do with a support group. What are you seeing? Um, you know, vitiligo, like anything else, you know, um, people feel differently about their vitiligo. You know, some people, it doesn't bother them at all. Some people, it's only in a few spots that nobody can see, so, Mm -hmm. you know, they're not concerned about it. Um, For people like that where their vitiligo doesn't bother them that much, you know, they may not be interested in a support group. And uh, Mm -hmm. we definitely tell every patient that comes into our clinic about the support group. Our patients tell people on the street about the support group. But everybody Mm -hmm. is just not not interested, you know, and, and, and and that's okay. Um, you know, yeah. we do just want to make sure people are aware of uh, of this uh, opportunity, of this resource for the people that are more affected emotionally by their vitiligo or people who are lost in terms of dealing with their vitiligo or people who just want to learn about the, the newer treatments uh, and, and, yeah. and for the condition. Yeah. Yeah, but, uh, now, but our support... Practice, 
In Go your ahead. practice, I wanted to ask you this earlier. Do you find more people wanting to detig or more people wanting to leave things alone? Uh, definitely more people that want to um, repigment, you know, get their color back than, than uh-huh. depigment it. Um, really? The reason being, yeah, we, we more so uh, recommend depigmentation when someone has a really, really extensive vitiligo, you know, th- at least 30 or 50% of their body that's involved, of mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. where it would be more practical uh, to get all of your skin to be one color by getting mm-hmm. rid of the, 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 you know, the minority of skin color that's remaining, um, but most patients that we see with vitiligo are not that as ex- you know so extensively involved um, that yeah. you know that is the, the most attractive option to them. But we discuss it. We discuss it with everyone. Yeah, I met a young man recently in the in the store, and um, Mario, if you're out there listening, all uh, hello, and um, I met him, and he, you know he said to me. He was only diagnosed in 2009, and he is just about completely, all of his pigment is gone. Wow. How come for some folks it's so fast, and for some uh, for others it's a slow-moving thing? Is, is there any rhyme or reason to that? Um, you know, that's an area that we still really have to so learn research. more about yeah, yeah. That, that's you know another opportunity for research because you know there there really isn't it's it's uh there really isn't an obvious explanation for that with the investigations that we've done so far um mm-hmm. yeah and it that does happen you know we hear about patients like that um and patients who are rapidly losing their color it's it's yeah. kind of a and it's a kind of a dermatologic emergency you know, we're mm-hmm. we're a lot more aggressive in treating someone whose skin color is is uh, leaving them so quickly. We're a lot more aggressive as opposed to taking a stepwise. You know, try this first, see if it works. Go on to the next thing. Then we're much more aggressive in in patients like that. But why that happens is not really clear. Wow, I can speak for myself. When I was first diagnosed in 2001, 2002, um, it was slow-moving. And mm. then after a while, I mean, this thing just took off. And now I'm pretty much, percentage-wise, I would want to say um, 90% of my face is gone and my hands are 98% gone. And yet for others, I, I see where it's just, if you when you do meet Patty, my vice president, um, total, all her, her pigment is, is gone, and she did nothing, tried nothing. I used some topical things, and didn't help me. Didn't do anything for me. So, you know, what do you say? What do you say to someone that's just recently been diagnosed? All that we hear about research and treatment. Is it really worth time and effort? Um, it's a good question. It's a it's a good question. I mean, really, a lot of what you say 
depends on the patient. You know, you kind of try to listen to them and hear what yeah. their concerns are, how uh, badly affected they are, how concerned they are about their skin pigment. So it, it depends on the patient. But overall, I tell people that um, this is such a common disease. You know, there are so many people out there, and they're, they're not alone. You know, that, um, that, that I have a lot of experience treating this, and I have colleagues that have treated this, and there are yeah. support groups out there and people out there that can relate to, to what you're going through and, you know, can, can give you their advice. You know, that's more of the emotional aspect of it. I let them know that there are a lot of treatments out there currently, and usually we're able to get people's color back. Uh, not always, though. Um, but there's yeah. still a lot of research going on. There are a lot of people passionate about vitiligo research. There are a lot of treatments on the horizon. Um, you know, I think just trying to make sure they have some hope uh, yeah. uh, about about you know regaining their color. Yeah. You know, also acknowledging the fact that it it can be difficult for some people to get their color back. Um, yeah. In which case, yeah. talking to people that that can relate is. Is yeah. um, one of the more support. important things you can do. Yeah, the support aspect. Well, again, if you're out there listening, my guest today is Dr. Richard Huggins from Michigan. He is a dermatologist specializing in vitiligo. And if you'd like to call in with your question, your comments, we have about 15 minutes left of our show. The number to call us is 805 285 9710. Again, 05-285-9710. You'll have a minute or so for your question, your comment. So shoot us. Call us. Let's hear from you. If you have any questions you want to run by uh, our guest today. Um, Has it been? Has it been 15 minutes already? This is flying you by. you that? <laughs> flying by. Flying, totally flying by. In your practice. Uh I know for me, I could, again, talk for me, um, when I was uh, first diagnosed, oops, I, uh, let me just jump to a call. Hold on one second, Dr. Huggins. Sure. Good afternoon and welcome. This is Valerie. Who am I speaking to? Oh, this is Lynn, Lynn Huggins-Smith. Hi, Lynn Huggins-Smith. And I wanted to know, <laughs> I have a question. I wanted to notice, but um, I didn't hear the whole broadcast. And I wanted to know if vitiligo, if it has other effects other than with the skin. Does it have other bodily effects? Go ahead, Dr. Huggins. So, so first of all, this is my aunt. So hi, Aunt Lynn. Thank you for for calling in. (laughs) So sweet. (laughs) Hi, Auntie. She's my aunt, too. (laughs) Thank you. We hope that you'll keep listening. Let me hear his answer. Go ahead. So, um... There are definitely some known associations and then some other conditions that we're still looking into. Um, So vitiligo, uh, most of the evidence out there as far as what causes it is autoimmunity. So the cells in your body that are supposed to attack uh, bacteria and viruses kind of turn on the body and attack uh, skin color cells, the melanocytes. And so it's associated with a lot of other conditions that where your body's attacking other parts of itself. So the most common one is the thyroid. Um, in our clinic, we check every new diagnosed vitiligo patient for uh, evidence of problems with their thyroid because uh, um, there have been some studies showing one in three people with vitiligo have um, some yeah. thyroid abnormalities. Um, we also check for 
anemia, low blood counts because the the cells in your body can attack the blood cells. Um, there's increased incidence of diabetes, the type one diabetes that you're born with, where your body is attacking the pancreas. So uh, a lot of these, a lot of other autoimmune diseases are have a known association uh, with vitiligo. And then there are some other things we're we're looking into. I'm sorry. You're saying, Valerie? Could you, hold, could you hold one second? We have another call from New York. Hello, are you there? Hello? Hello? Hello, are you there? Who's Hello? Calling, please? Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Oh, hi, Val. This is Honey from hi. Brooklyn. Hi, Honey. How Welcome. are you? Say hi to Dr. Huggins. What's your question? Hi, Dr. Huggins. Hi, uh, Honey. <laughs> no, my name is Pat. That's my nickname. That's everybody oh, knows I'm me. sorry. I'm sorry, I don't know you well enough to call you honey yet. Hi, Pat. Hi. Um, Real quick, because I know we don't have that much time, I wanted to ask you, um, what is your your success rate at um, people being able to be repigmented? Do you have anybody that was um, able to get all their color back, like say if they were, say, 20% depigmented? So... um, Good question. Um, it's it's uh, a little harder to answer just because of the fact that, you know, vitiligo is one condition, but there are so many different subtypes of vitiligo, right. and, you know, some are, are generally more responsive to treatment mm-hmm. than others. Um, we definitely have had some success stories. Um, some of the areas that are easier to treat are, are the face. The face responds to treatment better than any other part of the body, whether that's light treatment or creams. Um, okay. If a if a patient just has kind of one region of the body involved, uh, kind of what's called segmental vitiligo, where it, uh, the vitiligo follows the distribution of a nerve, that is generally harder to treat um, mm-hmm. uh, with light treatment, with creams. And then we've also been noticing lately that if you have fingertip involvement, the tips of your fingers, the tips of your toes, that's kind of a sign that your vitiligo is going to be harder to treat anywhere on your body, anywhere Mm on your body. So um, we definitely have, yeah, that's something. Never heard uh, that one before. It's a newer newer, sign that's being uh, more recently recognized, maybe in the past five years or so, but it's Mm -hmm. um, something that we we look for in new patients. so we definitely have had people with 20% of their skin color who have had uh, most of, if not all, their color come back. But obviously the more of color you have lost, the harder it is to treat. But uh, we do have a lot of treatments that, that we still have some success with in those kind of patients. Okay. All right. Well, I look forward to the conference, and I guess I'll get to ask you more questions there. <laughs> Sounds great. I look forward to it. Okay. Thank you, hon. Take All care. right. Thank you, Val. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye now. And I think we lost Auntie. <laughs> I'll call Auntie later and make sure I answered her question. Yeah. Well, um, I wa- if, go ahead. Oh, no. Uh, uh, well, there's one thing I wanted to say uh, about treatments, particularly in people with, you know, 20% or more involvement um, that's really exciting, and that's um, people are becoming a lot more uh, comfortable with treating vitiligo aggressively. 
um, and 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 that that would include using oral medications that previously were reserved for other medical conditions like oral steroids, other medications that you know do have some risks associated with them. Um, we are doing more and more surgery, more skin transplantation, which is a, a procedure. Few places in the country are, are are performing these procedures. Henry Ford is one of the hospitals where that's done. Uh, there are skin Im- there are implantations devices that we're inserting under the skin that release hormones that help repigment skin. So you know, particularly for the people who've had a hard time getting their skin color back, have more involvement. Just to you know, put it out there that there are more aggressive treatments being used more, more and more happen- nowadays. Yes. More things are happening. This is wonderful. I know. Um, I went. Um. Patty and I and our spouses, we went down to Virginia a few years ago to the LIGO Support International, and Dr. Spritz, I think his name is? Oh, yeah, Dr. Richard. Yes, Dr. Richard Spritz. He does a lot of work on genetics, the genetics of the LIGO. He had a spit in a container, and I don't know. I've never heard any more about it, so I don't know, you know what the outcome was. But I, I don't know if you know anything about any of his work, but um, as far as um, the the research, what is new? And is there anything specifically that's new out there that you can tell us about? Yeah, we've all so, heard um, topical stuff, and we've all done the light treatment and, and, and stuff. What is going on? So, um, for example, the, the things that I just mentioned, you know, the treatments that are a little bit more aggressive, one uh, treatment that is, is is on the horizon is a hormonal treatment. That's the implant that I just mentioned, and okay. that is a hormone called uh, melanocytes, um, stimulating hormone. So melanocytes okay. are the skin color cells that are lost in vitiligo, um, uh-huh. and that's something that's being used in combination with light treatment that so far is showing um, good results. Um, the preliminary results have already been published, um, the studies are being done in California, in Detroit, in our hospital, hospital in New York, and then one in France. And so the mm-hmm. full results will be will be coming uh, out. But that's one of the treatments that is kind of on the horizon. That's exciting. Um, another, some more research that's going on um, at Henry Ford is uh, work looking at biomarkers for vitiligo. So that is um, basically blood tests that can be used to determine things about your vitiligo, like uh, how likely you are to respond to light treatments or creams or some of the oral medicines that we may use, and also give us some so uh, information. So the blood test can tell? Are you saying the blood test can tell? So that's something that's being developed. There's some preliminary okay. evidence that is uh, suggesting, um, uh-huh. so far the preliminary evidence is more so being used to diagnose vitiligo. Mm-hmm. So, and the next step is going to be using it to predict uh, different aspects of your vitiligo. So that's wow. something that's kind of on, on on the cutting edge as well. That's occurring here in in Detroit. Here's here's one of the the things for me, and lots of folks don't know that I was first diagnosed with it, and within two years or so, um, my husband was diagnosed. This thing with the LIGO. Yes. Wow. Like this 
statistic somehow. Um, I know my in-laws, uh, I sold it to my in-laws that it's not contagious, and I'm telling you, right. I was the outcast for a little while. My my concern, though, is for my two boys. Um, where both parents have the condition, what's the likelihood that? Is there any signs, anything I should look for? So, um, you know, a, a minority of patients with vitiligo have uh, relatives that also have the condition. Um, if you, if one parent has vitiligo, their kids, uh, the probability of their kids having the condition is, I have to double check this, but something around 15, uh, 20%. Um, if both parents have it, you know, that would increase. I don't know that there have been studies you know, to determine that, because I don't know how often, you know, how many couples there are out there with vitiligo yeah. that have kids. Yeah, but it's, um, it's, as far <laughs> go, go ahead. It's crazy. We 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 often talk about it, and we we've just let it alone. But it's in my head. Yeah, I mean, you know, you you look for the they the, they look for you look for white spots. You know, the early signs of of uh, of vitiligo. Uh, the problem is there are a lot of things that give you a little bit of lightening of the skin, and I'm sure you're hypervigilant, and, you know, any time you see anything like that, you want to know if it's vitiligo. Um, but, you know, sometimes dermatologists can be helpful with that. Um, there's also an association with more with earlier graying of the hair with vitiligo. So, you know, maybe something else to look out for, but that's not necessarily going to be a sign. I've heard that too, and that wasn't the case for me. So listen, we we don't know. We still don't know. Listen, as we wrap up the last couple of seconds, what is your take? What is your feeling? I know um, worldwide, pretty much, um, is June twenty fifth has been set aside as World Vitiligo Day. What's your take on that? Yes. And are you encouraging folks to participate? No, absolutely. I think everything about World Vitiligo Day is is uh, is amazing. I think last year was the first year that it was celebrated, um, mm -hmm. and I think that it's just an amazing day. Um, people mm -hmm. are already celebrating all around the world World Vitiligo wow. Day and different events, and that's going to spread awareness. Um, yeah. You know, we're trying to get five hundred thousand petitions sent to the UN. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah. that uh, so that World Vitiligo Day can be the, um, made an official international holiday. So just okay. the efforts of trying to get that done is going to spread awareness. And if Vitiligo yeah. and if World Vitiligo Day does become official, you know that would even more so spread awareness. Even unofficially, it's still a phenomenal holiday. And we're in the midst of planning um, a World Vitiligo Day event in Detroit towards the end of June with the Vitiligo Research Foundation. So. Um, um, I'll, I'll definitely keep you in the loop with that, and and you know, make sure you, your your support group is aware of what we do uh, in terms of that celebration. Thirty minutes has come and gone, and I just wanted to say that I thank you, thank you, thank you for spending this time with us. I am so excited about the news of you coming to be with us, and hopefully next year we can have you as our main speaker. But I wanted to say thank you for giving up your afternoon to share with us and for the folks that have called in. Thank you all so much. Last word. Thank you for thank you for inviting me on. It's, it's really been a pleasure. The 30 minutes flew by, 
and I'm just looking forward to to our two groups working more and more together and learning from each other and just growing and continuing to spread awareness. Thank you so much, and God bless you. Have a great afternoon. Thank you. You too. Take care. Take care. God bless. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.